0: This is an RNZ podcast.
1: It's not news anymore that people who do PR and communications for the state heavily outnumber the journalists who report on the agencies employing them. And every journalist also knows that most of those on the so-called dark side also get far fatter pay packets than most of them and their colleagues in the media. But this week, RNZ's reporter Phil Pennington revealed new numbers that show the gap has become a chasm. While journalist numbers have been on the way down for years, the spending and hiring of government ministries has surged, and so has the cost to the taxpayer. And here's how he reported that on Morning Report last Wednesday.
0: RNZ has crunched the numbers from annual reviews to Parliament from two dozen major government departments and agencies. These show some have doubled the numbers of communications staff in a single year, some are stable, and the overall trend is up. At many, salaries above $100,000 are common. So,
1: big numbers and big bucks there. And Phil Pennington had plenty more startling sums. The New Zealand Transport Agency, for example, doubled its communications staff from 30 to 60 in just one year, 2018. And nine of those people earn more than $120,000 a year. Now, many ministries hired contractors for communications tasks as well, paying as much as $300,000 for some specific projects. Now that's easily enough pay to attract journalists who have many of the required skills... But some in the business told Phil Pennington that state sector salaries for all this had now become so big that they're pulling in PR people from private sector employers as well. And while the taxpayer fits the growing bill for all of this, veteran journalist and journalism professor Jim Tully told Phil Pennington it often means that the media, and by extension the public, actually get less of the information that's in the public interest because it might be inconvenient to the organisations involved. There's been a huge Emphasis on trying
0: to get the best possible coverage and to minimise anything negative. I mean, that's in fact, it's an exception if an organisation doesn't have a media policy that is highly restrictive. Now
1: the public relations industry for its part says all this growth is necessary as people these days expect far more information ever more quickly and that includes the digital age media for whom daily deadlines are now a thing of the past. And you can see the fruits of Phil Pennington's number crunching on all this in his online story for RNZ. Just look for the title, Government Public Relations Teams Rapidly Expanding. But another interesting aspect of this story is just how hard it was for Phil Pennington to get the numbers in the first place. Before he was able to crunch them,
0: yeah, that's right, Colin. I think the footnotes could have been a lot longer. The annual reviews themselves are pretty accessible on the parliamentary site, and you would expect them to be. So they they're put in uh, by the, all the different agencies. So there's a lot of them. They're not just the departments. You're talking scores and scores of these things, like Transpower. You know, you've got MSD and the, and then the police, and then you've got Transpower. All the DHBs put them in. Mm-hmm. So they're all there, although I say they're all there. I did have trouble finding even some of those. These are lists of like 200 questions that each department answers. They're pretty pro-formal ones. Um, this is from uh, parliamentary from committees? From par- parliamentary mm-hmm. committees. So it's time-consuming and it is slightly patchy but you do get an overall and we did from the collation of the figures get an overall idea of the the thrust, the rapid rise of these numbers of comms teams and and the cost of them.
1: There's different rules about disclosure um, and the way the information presented depending on whether it's a ministry,
0: a state agency or some sort of other enterprise or something like a a district health board. I was focusing on the major ministries and then some of the biggest agencies so you look like the transport agency, the police uh, Defence Force, which are not uh, core departments. Um, in terms of like finding out more about that, um, some of the processes of trying to do that, they're, they're quite uneven answers in what they supply, even though the questions are pretty stock standard. like Let's take an example, uh, Ministry of Business, Innovation and Employment. Now, I was trying to find out its salary bans, about uh, what it was paying people. Now, those there is a question in the review that says, please give us... What your staff are paid by salary ban, this is PR and comm staff, Mm -hmm. and going back over the last four years, nothing in MB's uh, review about that, um, even though it's explicitly asked for. I asked why not, I wasn't told. I was eventually provided with those salary bans in an email on July the 19th after asking for it on June the 22nd. When I asked about um, what they were spending on uh, public PR and comms contractors, that also wasn't there.
1: Yeah, this is a fascinating area, isn't it? It says in your story, they're now using more contractors, but their salaries aren't always accounted for in the annual reviews. A government push for much clearer reporting on spending of all types of contractors is yet to filter through fully. Another fascinating quote here, Elaine Collar from the Public Relations Institute, Um, the numbers available to the public are themselves unreliable. Under a previous cap on core staff numbers, departments hid communication staff under different categories and were only now reassigning them.
0: Yeah, that was interesting that she said that, Elaine Collar of the PR Institute, the head of that, she said that, uh, her experience was that in the public relations, that because under the government cap, they seem to have, what they've done was, put different codes on some comms people so that they didn't show up as comms people. But once the cap was lifted by the Labour-led government, they've now been able to bring them in and count them as comms people. Now, I don't quite know how that would work because they would still show up as their total staff numbers, but anyway, that's what she says has has been going on. And she says that's one, one reason why these teams have been growing, perhaps in the last one or two years, after that cap got lifted. So the spending on comms contracts, that
1: doesn't, show up in 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 the regular searches for the spending?
0: Very, very patchy. So some of them say we uh, employ a certain number of contractors and in a very few cases they had attached a cost to that. Um, for instance, uh, Internal Affairs, in their annual review, it says they employed 63 employees in comms and 13 contractors. Um, but even when push came to shove on that, they disputed the, the, what I came up with. The figure from the annual review shows the 36% rise in their comm staff overall between 2013 and 2018. They said, oh, no, 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 it's only 6%. They said because things were counted differently in 2013. And then they said they were also counted differently the next year in 2014 when we didn't count contractors. 2013 we did, 2014 we didn't. Uh, and then they said in 2013 we didn't specify what was full-time, what was part-time. 2018 we we are... It all points to opaqueness, but the annual review is the place that the public would go to for this, right? Mm-hmm. And the annual review clearly says 63 employees, 13 contractors. And when I pushed it and I said, so your 6% figure that you're saying rise between 2013 and 2018, does that count contractors? No. And this actually comes back with MB to the original problem with um, the transparency of these things. And this came out at the end of 2017, a spreadsheet was leaked to business desk by someone within MB, which showed that they were employing this many contractors it was two and a half thousand, and that it was costing almost twice as much as what MB said in the annual review and After that came out, the State Services Commission stepped in and it issued new rules last year to force government departments to make it clearer in this reporting, in these annual reviews, what they're spending on contractors. But as you can see from my experience here, you still can't find those figures in most cases. However, they are only counting 31 core departments, and they do not cover three of the largest six communications teams. They don't cover the Transport Agency, which doubled its comms team in one year, from 2016-17 to 2017-18, from 30 to 60 people. They don't cover the Defence Force, which mm-hmm. has got over 30 people in comms, and they don't cover the Police Force, which has got over 30 people in comms. What do you
1: make of the public relations uh, industry's argument that this is needed? This is There's growing demand for information both within these organisations and outside them, the public. There's a whole digital media that didn't exist in years gone by, so they need increased numbers of... And PR stuff.
0: Yeah, so Elaine Collins, she's talked about three things. So it's technology, okay, social media platforms, and I think it was um, Mfat said to us they have got I think they said a hundred different social media channels. That's a lot, okay. Um, she also said there's more stakeholder communication going on. What she means is that MPI, for instance, talking to farmers and f- you know fisher people as opposed to just talking to the media, mm. and there's also um, a lot more internal communications going on. Quite what that is, I don't really know. We know that they have these glossy publications that go out. In terms of the media, she said that that's actually static that these teams typically only have 10% of their people who interact with the media and I know at uh, Counties Monaco DHB who come under this they only have one of their 10 people who's a media person. So she says that's actually static. And that would actually make sense because, of course, the journalists who are asking the questions, our numbers are falling. Yeah, so just in terms of what Elan Collar and the PR Institute were saying, that was actually backed up by a, a journalist, a leading journalist, Patrick Smelly, who also commented to us. He said there's been a proliferation of tasks that comms people do. So that might explain a rise in teams. But equally, he said that... Government is becoming more risk averse and there's these huge feedback loops which include comms teams of multiple checks that are made along which he said ultimately often result in a very slow response to say a media inquiry and a very vanilla response that we can't use anyway.
1: You've been looking for some time now at substandard steel and the inspection and certification of that so a story like that are you finding more uh, people either to be helpful
0: with your requests or to frustrate them? The communication, the growth in these on the tech front, on the stakeholder front, on the internal front, it's all on their terms. Right. And I I think with the media, we are also seeing this on their terms. And I'll give you some examples. Police used to have a lot of regional communications people. They centralised that in the last few years. We have to now go through one source. That is negative for the media in terms of who we talk to, but also possibly for the police. We're not hearing from as many police officers as we did. Another example, MB. Just this week, I went to them and I wanted an interview about a disarray in their leading building product certification scheme. It's in disarray, it's a serious problem. They came back to me and said, We're going to give you a statement. I said, Why not an interview? No reason was given. I asked them, Why aren't you prioritising that? Again, no reason is given. You know, and this reflects what uh, Professor Jim Tully told me. He said, you know, there's this been an increasing, huge focus on micromanaging to control any negative info and only give out positive. And one reason they do this with statements and don't front up is that it's very hard to interrogate a statement.
1: And if, if the public relations uh, industry says these people are needed because the flow of information, the demand for it is much greater. Would you think that that actually isn't something that requires increasing numbers of journalists to be hired with those skills? It
0: actually requires just tech people, data people, people that can just put out the information. As Jim Tully said, if this is leading to a more informed public, good. But his experience is it's the opposite. But where is the research into is it helping the public, is it informing them more? That's, as far as I could tell, that's not being done. I'd love it if somebody would say, yeah, hey, yeah, I am. I'm actually looking into that. It'd be great. And finally, Phil, just this week, uh, a new tool released by
1: Stats NZ. It's called Where Do Your Rates Go? So uh, people in their area can click on the website and see a little data visualisation of how their uh, local councils are spending their money. Now, there's one category there just called employee costs. So we're guessing that's as as detailed as we could get into um, what might be a similar mushrooming of comms and PR teams at local government level. So
0: do you think that's an area we need to look yeah, at? Yeah that's very wide and undifferentiated isn't it Colin and doesn't really help if you want to drill, drill down which is what I think we should actually start doing. So uh, it's great that they've got that new tool but I'm wondering and we'll be asking the State Services Commission why they haven't made that more explicit. Not, and not just in comms they perhaps should be finding out more or so in terms of um, Compliance staff, it would be interesting to know what is going on there because we know that there are problems in terms of uh, water consenting and that sort of thing. Um, so to know those staff numbers and what's happening to those would be useful for the public. Do you think the public needs to know um, what their local government is spending
1: on communications and public relations? It may be an indication that actually they're taking it more
0: seriously, engaging with the public and decided to prioritise spending on that? Yeah, it, it could be, as in all these things, if it's leading to a good result and more informed public. As uh, the commentators have said, that's great. Um I think the public needs to know because then they can say this is what's been spent and our experience is it's going up or it's going down. One problem with uh, local government is because of the drop in journalist numbers is that local government meetings aren't being covered very much and that means it, perhaps the councils are feeling the need to step into the void. Now if that's good, that's great, except it's on their own terms and of course everything will get a polish and everything will look rosy, probably everything will look rosy and we won't find out about the stuff that they don't want us to know. So we need more journalists, uh, perhaps less comms people. The ratio in 2013 was 8 to 1. In 2001, it was 2 to 1. I don't know what it is now. We need those figures from the census, but it's had its own problems. But, you know, it's only going up in terms of PR versus uh, journalism. And finally... If you were to repeat this exercise in like, I don't know, say three
1: or five years time, do you think you'll have to go through this whole exercise again of trying to disentangle publicly available documents like those uh, parliamentary committee reviews? It might be
0: easy because the State Service Commission, or what you said about that tool, that new tool, but also the thing last year when they said to the government departments, report more clearly on your contract spending. Those are signs of hope. Signs so that aren't of hope is... A, almost like a control freakery thing within the communications departments of, of the different agencies. I think they have to get over that. I think they have to. That has to come from the top. And also, like Patrick Smelly said, if the minister, ministers think that their agencies are spending too much on communications, they need to give the message to rein this back in. That was
1: RNZ reporter Phil Pennington, who was named Reporter of the Year at this year's Voyager Media Awards. And He was talking to me there about crunching the numbers on state spending on PR and communications people and how hard it was to get those numbers. And there's more in his online story for rnz.co.nz. Just look for the title government public relations teams rapidly expanding and more from his chat with me about all that is in the online version of this story on the media watch section of the rnz website or the rnz app just look for the title running the numbers on public service pr